Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty. Some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Slice a fox, cultured in pop, give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, yeah, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What is going on, everybody? It is Friday, November 6th. We got to see the first game of Week 9 in the books with the Green Bay Packers beating up on the very injured, very COVID-ridden 49ers, if we even want to call that uh, a football team with the way things looked yesterday. How are you gentlemen doing tonight or today? I guess it's still technically daytime for you guys. Still technically, I guess, daytime for me here as well. It's whew, It's been a week, guys. It's been a week. I am ready for it to be over with. Yeah, it, it's it has been uh, quite the week. Uh, I'm doing well. You know, I've enjoyed my Friday off of work as usual, working on the honeydew list and uh, keeping her. Do I, I'm doing enough work to keep her off my back. So, <laughs> you know, I just try to stay one step ahead of her. All I can say is thank God for the Mandalorian because waking up oh, on Friday mornings a little bit easier when you get to see. Uh, our hero, little baby Yoda. I have not got to watch it. We didn't even get a chance to talk about what happened at the end of last week's episode. So I cannot. That's wait. what we should do on Thursday since we have had. We have nothing topics. else. Since we have to sit here and work very hard to stretch it to 30 minutes, 30 minute episode. Yeah, we ten, can do that. 10 minutes on the Mandalorian <laughs> every week. There we go. Yeah. It's, oh, man. I can't wait. That's something I need to. I just got to find time to do it this weekend because we got two really good games on today, a bunch of good games on you know, tomorrow. You as can well, do it. So. You can do it Monday night because there's no way, there's no compelling reason to watch. Again, Damian Harris. I've got, I've got Damian Harris going in a couple of places. I'm going to be watching that game like a hawk because I know I'm going to need him. Uh, last night, the Packers ended up beating up on the 49ers, 31-17 to for the Packers. Rodgers, 28 points. Aaron Jones, 12. Devontae Adams almost got that 40. I thought he'd get 40. He gets 33. MVS, though, comes through as well in this one with 19 points. With the way Adams has been playing, is he wide receiver one for you the rest of the season? Yeah, I. he's definitely in consideration. Uh, he gets the volume. He's getting... Uh, in the end zone consistently, which has always been uh, a big part of his game. Uh, I, I think that uh, I wouldn't have any issues putting him up there. I, I think on a weekly basis, you know, there are some people based on matchups that might uh, challenge him. But uh, I think setting him at uh, the the wide receiver one spot and not uh, not having to worry about it is a fairly easy thing to do. Yeah, for me, I mean, as long as he can stay healthy, he feels like he's a little bit in that Michael Thomas from 2019 groove of 
you know that he's basically their only wide receiver and they're going to throw it to him and nobody is stopping it. Look, he can be their only wide receiver as long <laughs> as they consistently throw it twice in the end zone to um, MVS. Oh, I was trying to pull up our rankings, but I can't find them. I was trying to see. I know we all had him at the top. I was trying to see if any of Yeah, we had him at number one. Yeah. Did we? Okay, I couldn't remember who. No, no, I meant uh, our – our. Um, Shoot, I'm sorry. Not our weekly rankings. I know we all. I think we all had them at one weekly. Even Ricky, I meant our um, uh, beginning of the year. Our first, our, yeah, yeah, our preseason rankings. I know I we all had them high. I had them at two, I believe, behind Thomas when I thought Thomas was. Yeah, actually it was probably. I bet season. it was Thomas. We all had it at the top. Yeah, that that does make a little bit more sense now. Uh, with that being said, I need to get back to the show sheet there. Um, what was your thought there, really quick, on on MVS and and are we worried at all about Robert Tunyon now, who ever since the name change has uh, yet to produce in fantasy? I mean, MVS is kind of, you know, he's he's Will Fuller. I mean, that's what he's kind of becoming. He's gonna they're gonna take a couple deep shots to him. He, he's not getting volume. So when you when you play MVS, you're you know it's. You sit sit there the whole game going, look, hit one of them. Just hit one of them. <laughs> Get, give me, you know, one for 43 and a touchdown or, you know, two for 76. Just, you know, that's what you're doing with MBS. So he, he's kind of uh, turning into that that Will Fuller, Deshaun Jackson type. Um, Will, I, I just don't think their offense is built to funnel a lot of targets to the second receivers. You're going to have Devontae Adams, and then any given week, it's going to be somebody else, whether it's MVS or Alan Lazard or Robert Tunyon or uh, Jay Sternberger or Aaron Jones out of the backfield or, God forbid, Jamal freaking Williams. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Aaron Jones did not look like he was on a snap count last night in the first half. Well, I think that what, what I saw was they wanted him to be on a snap count, and then Dexter Williams got injured, and they were like, well, ah, fuck it. Who needs running backs? Yeah, MVS, that, that might actually, your analogy to Will Fuller makes a lot of sense, you know, especially those years when Fuller was opposite DeAndre Hopkins, which, you know, is the way Adams is kind of functioning in that group. Might be actually the reason Green Bay front office did not want to spend a second-round draft pick to get the actual Will Fuller. Right. Well, and and I think too in in Green Bay, we they're definitely confident in their wide receiver group, uh, in part because they know fifty percent of the targets are going to go to Devontae Adams, and then the rest of them they like uh, Lazard uh, and they like MVS, and I think they like Equinemius St. Brown as well. So they feel they feel they have the the depth at the position and. They also know that it takes a couple years for Aaron Rodgers to trust. You know, we see it all the time with these veteran wide uh, veteran quarterbacks, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. You know, they've got to build that chemistry with a receiver that knows exactly where uh, the throw is going to be. It, that they're both of the same mindset. They're making the same move, and once they so. I get, you know, it was a very rich draft for wide receivers, and so I know Green Bay, uh, you know, could have used one. But evidenced by the fact that Rodgers has only thrown three touchdowns to first-round picks, 
Um, and they, I think two of the three have been to Mercedes Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, they do things a certain way. I think Tunyon, um, from a fantasy standpoint, is going to be inconsistent. He's going to have blow-up games. Uh, it's going to be tough looking at the tight end group at the end of the season because we're, we we all fall into that, oh, well, they average nine points a game or 12 points a game. Well, yeah, it's 20 points, it's two points. It's 13 points, it's nine points. It's 20 points, it's two points. You know, and and I think it's easy to forget that with tight ends because I feel like the variability after you get past the first couple of three uh, is a real thing you have to deal with at the tight end position. So I don't know if either one of you have seen this. Um, most receiving touchdowns since 2016 for wide receivers. Have you guys seen this stat? Uh, no? I feel like I saw a tweet about it, but. Well, I'll just go ahead. Since we're talking about him, Devontae Adams is the leader, but I want to see if you guys can guess by how much. So right now in second is Mike Evans with 40, Tyree Kill with 39, DeAndre Hopkins with 38. Do you want to guess how many Devontae Adams has? Mind you all the time that he's missed being hurt as well. Since 2005 so season? 16, yeah. So this is the being the fifth season. I'm going to say he's got like 53 touchdowns. I'm going to go with 56. Wow, that was a lot more. It's 48. It's only 48. But, I mean, it's it's eight more than a guy like Mike Evans, Tyree Kill at 39, and DeAndre Hopkins 38. I just find it interesting that it's almost and, – and maybe it's the injuries, but I feel like we always kind of just – pass over Devontae Adams, not, not pass over in fans, just we don't talk about him as much as being as dominant as when we get to guys and we, well, we don't, I've never talked about Mike Evans being dominant, but DeAndre Hopkins, uh, we always talk about being a stud. Uh, I mean, Adams did come out yesterday and said that he thinks he is the best wide receiver in the league, and in all honesty, I've been saying that for years, that just his health is the only thing I think that really holds him back. If he could actually stay out there on the field for an entire season, I think it wouldn't even be a question, but for San Francisco side here, with all the injuries and the COVID positive test, uh, we saw Nick Mullins and a bunch of backups out there. Mullins, 11 points. Jarek McKinnon, 15. Jim Michael Hasty, 3. Richie James, 33. And Ross Dwelly, 8 points. Uh, are we believing in James moving forward? Was that a production of their, or was that a product of the injuries last night? Or do you think he has a role in this offense? Yeah, he has a role as the wide receiver three in this off this offense. I mean, he's not going to be above Ayuk or Debo. Yeah, or probably Bourne. Yeah, uh, for some reason they hate Bourne. You know, they just they don't give Bourne consistent. They give him consistent snaps, but they won't give him consistent targets. There's they they have to be down uh, two or three wide receivers before they're like all right, I guess we'll throw it to you and we know you'll catch it and you'll score a touchdown. But uh, I don't know what the deal is with Bourne. Uh, he's like Hollywood Higgins. Yeah. You know, the the bad thing is there, don't they? And there like five movies on why you shouldn't hate a person like Bourne. I feel like that's <laughs> not, not a good thing for him. Go ahead, right. Matt. No, well, I was just going to say, and when Kittle's there, every wide receiver is behind him in the back of the stuff. Um, but you know, I thought James looked pretty good as fill in, but if your option is Richie James, the corpse of Trent Taylor or Kevin white or Riven, river Craycraft, you're probably like, 
Richie, come on down. Yeah. Man, I took a gamble. 32 teamer. I had Kendrick, I have Kendrick Bourne, and I'm like, man, my, I, I've got like a couple buys. I need to start three wide receivers. So I'm looking at him going, okay, am I going born? Uh am I going Craycraft? Am I going white? Am I going Craycraft? Am I going white? And I fucking went white. <laughs> at Did least Craycraft would have got me like eight, no, no, no stats, but at least Craycraft would have got me like three and a half points. What do you mean? Kevin White was peak Chicago Bears last night. No stats. <laughs> he was there. He was there. Uh, let's hope that uh, the San Francisco 49ers start to turn that around quickly here, but it is Wait, not if you're Nick Mullen, did you see the tweet this morning that they pulled Ayuk and Trent Williams off the COVID list today? I'm like, Nick Mullen no, but that like, sucks. Guys. Yeah. Well, interestingly enough here, uh, Jordan Love just went on the Packers COVID list. I just saw that come across my uh, Twitter timeline there. So that makes yeah. things even more interesting for the he Packers. Asked Aaron Rodgers a few too many questions last night. Yeah, well, you know, draft pick looking worse and worse by the week. That's for day, I'm sure. Both their draft picks because Dylan wasn't doing much, and then he wiped up yeah. half their running back room. Yep. All right, uh, let's see here. What do we? Oh, Friday previews. All right, so we got three and four Broncos versus two and six Falcons. Philip Lindsay coming in at twenty-two. Melvin Gordon nineteen. No offense, seven. And Albert Oke. I don't. I was going to try, but I got nothing. Alberto. Do you know how to say yeah. his last name, Matt? Now they they changed the pronunciation. Either the announcers didn't know, or he changed his pronunciation to something that I'm not even going to attempt. King Atlanta's, Albert. Yeah, King Albert. The uh, Obviously, the Atlanta defense has been a very fantasy-friendly and very giving to our fantasy teams, particularly to the tight ends. Is Albert O a good play for you guys in Week 9 with him coming in with a consensus ranking of 21 for us? I, I think especially in two tight end leagues, um, it's, it's a pretty easy play. I, I, I know he has a chemistry of a lot going back to college. Um but I think it, it really comes down to what your options are. You're not going to start him over Fant. You know, you're probably you're not going to start him over Higby. You're not going to start him over Hunter Henry. You know, you're not starting him over Evan Ingram. You're gonna have to get pretty far into your rankings, I think, before you go. Well, uh, I think I'm gonna. What what do I have? Uh, you know, maybe Trey Burton. You know, I have Burton two spots ahead of him, and Logan What's Thomas going on, directly uh, ahead of him. Broncos. So I like it. So I might uh, – I could see saying, you know what, I'm going to take the shot on Albert's upside versus Jimmy Graham. Um, you know, Burton is starting – you know, he's the Wildcat quarterback. He gets at least a handoff a game. You know, he's – I don't know. They're, for some reason – well, maybe it's because all their wide receivers are injured in Indianapolis and they're trying to manufacture shit. But uh, I, I'd probably – you know, I, I think I – where I have them ranked in orders 15, 16, 17, it's they're pretty much, I would consider them to be in the same tier. So, I mean, he's had five goal line tar- red zone targets uh, in the last two weeks. I actually, I would start him over Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram hasn't done enough to sell me. I wouldn't start him if I had the, you know, I would, I didn't have him top 10, but, Especially, I I am starting him in a couple of places where I'm looking for upside, and and I'm in that Jimmy Graham, Evan Ingram, Logan Thomas, 
Malou. Um, I would start him over Trey Burton. I don't really trust Philip. I mean, the moment we feel good about Trey Burton is the moment Mo Ali Cox rises from the dead and catches yeah, catches a touchdown. I'm not. I'm over trying to put my fantasy fate in the hands of Philip Rivers. Yeah, or Jack Doyle comes in with a seven for forty-five, two touchdown game. Yeah, I mean he caught a touchdown last week too, so it's no, no lock. Well, yeah, I think Burton. I think Burton's was a rushing touchdown last week. I don't even think he got the receiving touchdown. Yeah, um, I mean like I say we talked about it a little bit yesterday because my my options came down to Jordan Reed, Trey Burton, or Albert O, and you talked me into Albert O yesterday because that. Yeah, well, it's good Matthew you didn't Bernie play guy. Jordan Reed. Oh, I know. I had to oh in the Scott Fishbowl because I had nobody oh. else. And yeah, that, that hurt. But hey, I also had MVS going in Scott Fishbowl. So I might be able to pull off my third win here finally. So on Atlanta's side, Matt Ryan coming in at 11, Todd Gurley 10, Julio Jones 4, and Hayden Hurst 10. Looks like Ry- uh, oh, whew, Riley Calvin Ridley. Ridley. I am so sorry, Calvin. Ralvin Ridley. Ralph Ridley. So sorry. I should Randy not one. need to do that to you. Calvin Ridley is tracking to miss here. If he does, who do you think steps up for the Falcons? Or is it just going to be Julio and Hurst? Uh, I think I'm praying Hurst. I I think the last I saw, Ridley is expected to play. No, he's officially questionable, hasn't logged a single practice, Uh, and has a zero projection. Okay. Oh, maybe I was. I'm trying to remember I was updating. Maybe I was taking him out. Uh, Yeah, because I was adding in the Blake dude. Uh, so I was taking Ridley up. Okay. Got myself confused there. What was the question again? Uh, who steps up for the Falcons after Julio? You know, I think Hurst is starting to get consistent. Um, you know, we know what their running game is going to do. Gurley's going to get 15 carries for 40 yards. Uh, probably a touchdown, but three touchdowns. Yeah. 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 You know, Brian Hill will get a little run. Uh, you know, that, that backfield is kind of settled into, um, a groove for lack of a better term and between Blake and uh, Gage and Zacharias, Zacchaeus, whatever it is. The original Oz, baby. Yeah. They, they play a very particular set of roles, you know, Gage gauges with Ridley out Gage's role won't change. So Blake will step in there. Um, If I had to pick, if I'm picking between Gage and Blake, I feel more comfortable with Gage because he's, I guess, technically the third receiver. Um, But I'm probably not expecting more than, you know, wide receiver four with low end wide receiver three upside from uh, either Blake or uh, Gage. Yeah, I wouldn't particularly trust any of the others other than the four that we talked about. Um, I'm probably with you that if I had to play somebody out of Atlanta, I would take gauge first, but it feels like the last few times when they've missed either Jones or Ridley and you thought, or both. And it was like, well, Russell gauge is time to shine and he disappears. So hard to feel good about that. Yeah. I feel like he just plays better as a three. I don't, I, I don't know if you can trust him. I, I hope you're right. I mean, Hurst has been consistent. I think right now he's sitting as like tight end six or seven. Uh, overall in fantasy points at tight end. So I guess he's been what a lot of people thought he was going to be. Just doesn't look pretty every week. Sure. His shit doesn't look good uh, when he's playing on my team. So I'm, I'm not sure, but I'd love for him to have a good, I think this could be a very good matchup between the Broncos and the Falcons. Who are you guys picking to win this game? Broncos. Um, Broncos for me as well. As am I. 
Seahawks and Bills, the 6-1 Seahawks and the 6-2 Bills. Wilson coming in at 1, Metcalf at 3, Lockett at 9. Uh, we did get word just a little bit ago, Chris Carson is out. To make things even more interesting, Coach Pete Carroll came out and said he is looking – not – what was the – hang on. Let me see if I can find this exact tweet because it pissed me off. Um – he is not afraid to play Alex Collins this week. So a possible mixture of Alex Collins, DJ Dallas, and I think Travis Homer is still dealing with some kind of injury. What are we expecting from the Seattle Seahawks backfield against a Buffalo Bills defense that is very bad against the run? Uh, DJ Dallas, more DJ Dallas. I think much like last week, uh, Dallas will get you know somewhere around 15 carries. 16 carries, maybe 20 carries, depending on how the game is going. Um, and then whether it's uh, Homer or uh, Collins, you know, I, I could see it being, you know, a 65, 25, 10 split, you know, with Collins playing, you know, seven or eight snaps at the most. But DJ Dallas is the guy I'm playing there. Yeah, I thought DJ Dallas looked good last week. Yeah, but with the Seahawks, you you never know. I still, I would feel, I would feel decent putting him in there if you're looking for like a a, a flex or maybe a low end RB two. If you're hoping for like two touchdowns and RB one production, that's when Seattle will screw you. Yeah, I have Dallas at RB nineteen, so oh, kind of where I feel like he's coming in at. We got a question in here from I don't, I don't know who this dude. Oh, we actually got another one from Jose. Give me one second, Jose. This is a very important. Damien Harris or DJ Dallas from the Fantasy Football Roundtable. What do you What are you guys' thoughts? I have Dallas at nineteen and Harris at twenty one. So no, why you gotta make things more difficult? I need help. I need a win, baby. I would take uh, DJ Dallas. I think that's where yeah. I'm leaning right now. Mostly because I really don't want to have to stay up and watch that Monday night game. I just want my loss to be over with. Tired of, I just don't tired believe of in uh, point losses. I don't believe in New England either. Josh Norman is just getting bullied by everyone. Look for the DK Metcalf game like he did Gilmore. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't think anybody. Oh, no. What happened? Whoops. Sorry. I pulled up. I was just pulled up highlights on Jahan Dotson there on YouTube. I apologize. I thought I exited out of the stream. Um <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, DK is going to have a – who had it? Was it DK last week or was it Tyler Lockett that had the big game? I swear Met, those Met guys Cuff. are like – it's going to be a Tyler had 40 Lockett 40 points game. last week. The week before, Lockett had 55. Yeah, it's going to be a Tyler Lockett no. game this week then. I feel like no, – remember, this we, the week we that they both to mix off. in – this is the week that David Moore gets you 40 points. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that guys, makes sense. Yeah, Because that happened a couple of weeks ago too. Like yeah, Met, Metcalf, Metcalf has been talking about more. Metcalf yeah. has been all pumping more up on Twitter this week too. And it's the David Moore or game this then. Is, this is the Greg Olson game. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Jacob Hollister. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I mean, obviously, we, um, you know, our, our fellow member of the nerd herd uh, and and one of the main guys there, Dynasty Nerds and Garrett Price, is a big fan of DJ Dallas. Uh, I, I, I'm with you guys. He looked really good last week. Not only just what he does running the ball, but catching the ball as well with Homer beat up. I mean, I get Alex Collins, I think, for the most part, been with the Seahawks for a little bit. Now, I see they called him up from the practice squad. I think you're you're rolling with DJ Dallas here again. Buffalo has been surprisingly not very good against the run. So 
they got to take him. It's just, man, the Jets are so bad. It makes me want to go Damian Harris. But I saw they're bringing Sony Michelle but, back now. It's Bill well, Belichick. Here's, here's the thing. Like he's we going to give thought, me the finger as soon as I put Damian Harris in my lineup. And Bell were going to run all over the Jets last week, too. And they have arguably a better offensive and a better offensive line situation. And yeah. it wasn't incredible production. I know, I know. It's just now I got to call them up off my taxi squad, and I got to drop somebody. Look, when it ends up being a six-three game on Monday night, you're going to be glad you didn't play anyone from it. I'm probably I'm just not going to watch it anyways. Like I said, I'm tired of the sweating out four-point losses and going to bed at eleven o'clock at night, and get up in three hours, all pissed off as I lost again. And on Friday, you're still dragging ass because you haven't recovered. Uh, yeah, it's oof, yeah, and just think of how warm your heart will be when you watch back to back episodes of The Mandalorian and go to sleep at eight. Well, I saw the first episode. I haven't, they, did they release two? That's what that's what there. You have the first one, you have the one from today, back to back episodes. Oh. Well, I saw the first one already. I just, oh, you did. Okay. Yeah, I watched it. Uh, what was it after? I know, hey, I'm you know sorry, what? guys. We're, we're we're not talking fantasy football, now, but it's Mandalorian. It's so amazing. We're talking I, but I watched fantasy. it on Halloween night. We've yeah. broad we've broadened. We're still yeah. on fantasy. So. Yeah, I, I watched it uh, after Halloween last after the Ohio State game. I, we took our kids to that party, and then we came back here and uh, watched. I watched it at like twelve o'clock. That's what said that ending. That last oh. like five seconds, I was like, "What?" That's why I've been oh, waiting yeah. all week, and I completely forgot. Well, that's good. Said. Next Thursday, we, we'll, we'll have our. Now it's good to know what we have planned. All right, uh, Buffalo side, Allen coming in at 7, Zach Moss, 18, Stephon Diggs, 6, and Cole Beasley, 25. Moss, is Moss the play at running back here for the Bills? If he is, or I guess it's kind of mixed in here, what do you think is Singletary's value now in Dynasty with it looking like Moss taking over that backfield? Well, is he taking over or did he have one good game? Had more, he's had more carries the past couple games, hasn't he? Yeah, and he was out there for more snaps. So I, I don't know. I think it's a, it's probably a fluid situation. Um, I don't know. I, w- I wasn't sold on Singletary being quote unquote the guy. I have him at 24 and 26 in my ranking. So I feel like it's going to be a split. Some of it comes down to, uh, Moss being the bigger back, I think they definitely want to give him more touches in the running game, but but Singletary needs to produce in the passing game more, and I think that's he's kind of faltered a little bit in that uh, the last couple weeks. Um, I think uh, I, I do have Moss the higher of the two, so I'd probably lean uh, him. Uh, but if I had to start Singletary, probably is in a second flex position or a flex position, I, I don't think I would have too much trouble. Yeah. I mean, I think Moss is the play that I would like better. Um, their running game in general hasn't been very good this season. Last week was probably one of their better outputs. The question of Singletary's value in Dynasty really comes down to the fact that even when Moss was out and we thought it might be his time to shine, we haven't seen progression. If anything else, if anything, he looks like he's a little less involved in what they're doing than he was last year. So, you know, I've seen a lot of people, you know, should I trade for him? What do you expect? I would not give up much. And I don't think you can get much. If you have him, you're probably holding, waiting to see if you, you know, you can get more of a spark uh, and, and a higher value, but 
to me, it just doesn't feel like it feels like he's taken steps back from where he was last year. Yeah, I mean, uh, it sucks because I like Singletary a lot. I thought it was a great landing spot for him to come to Buffalo, but it just seems like they believe more in Zach Moss at this point. Even last year, we saw they seemed hesitant to give Singletary the ball even when he was out producing Frank Gore, and that they still kind of kept mixing in Frank Gore. How high um, How high were you guys on Moss? I wonder if I was the highest on him. I think I had him as the top 12 play this week. Uh, let me see. You had him at 8. Dennis had him at 25. I had him at 22. You're welcome. You're welcome, America. If he does good. If not, I'm sorry. I suck at this. And then Singletary, you had him 27. Dennis had him 29. I had him 29. So Dennis and I are pretty close on the Moss Singletary with Singletary. Further, You have a a pretty huge spread there. Zach Moss. And I hate to admit that, too, because... I'm pretty sure I was dogging that dude all season, so I was not high on him at all. He was probably what running back, what nine or ten? Uh, I think we had him at five or six. We didn't have him low. It's just none of us. No, we didn't have him at five or six. He's seven. I think he was like right behind Vaughn. Trying to think. Oh yeah, because I had Vaughn. Probably probably makes sense. Seven. So So there was four. Taylor. DeAndre, Dobbins, Dobbins, CEH, Cam Akers. No, because I know I had CEH at five. So Cam Akers, CEH, yeah. So he would have been seven because I know I had Vaughn at six. I did have Vaughn ahead of him. Right, but it wasn't, we didn't say like he wasn't talented. I just don't think any of us thought he'd be this good. I I don't want to say like we're like, oh, he's a bum. But yeah, he's, he's definitely looked a lot better than I thought he was going to look this year. I am taking. The Seahawks. I really want to pick the Bills, but I think the Seahawks are going to win this one. What about you guys? Seahawks for me too. I'm taking the Seahawks, and I don't want to pick the Bills. So, no. Bears five and two, Titans five and two. Uh, David Montgomery coming in at fourteen. Allen Robinson ten, and Jimmy Graham fifteen. Last week the Bears got Anthony Miller and Darnell Movie Movie Darnell Mooney more involved. Oh, I know. It's just, it's, you know, lack of sleep. I can't read to begin with or pronounce things. It's probably better. I should. I, I should mean, if they, if they join the us from the beginning, go. you don't even have to remind people it's in the song. That's very true. Uh, can they do it again? And which of the two do you believe in more if you think someone can produce outside of Robinson? You know, they're so handicapped by Nick Foles. And Trubisky's not even an option anymore. Apparently, he got hurt on the one snap they let him play last right. week. Right. It's it's like, you know, Anthony Miller looked so good at times last year, and Darnell Mooney is looking so good. It's it's really – it's, it's going to be a tough it, – it's a dart throw for the two of them. You just got to spin the wheel. If you've got them both, you're spinning the wheel, you're picking one, and you're moving forward and probably being wrong. So I think volume is the challenge to believe that they can get either of them involved consistently. I was sort of shocked last week when you had all three receivers doing pretty well, but it feels like with Foles, he tends to target Mooney more. I mean, we saw even in that horrific game against the Rams, he threw interceptions because he thought five foot nine Mooney was a better, better red zone target than Allen Robinson. So that's the one it feels like he's trying to target more, but I'm kind of in the in the same boat as Dennis. It's a dart throw. I don't know that you're seeing enough volume to feel good about anyone else getting. Sometimes we haven't even seen Allen Robinson deliver value until the fourth quarter garbage time. 
Yeah, that's very frustrating. It, it may it gives me all kinds of heart issues watching Allen Rod, who's a wide receiver one. Now he always comes through as a wide receiver one, but it's always like the last couple of minutes, and it sucks. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think it's Mooney. Um, never been that big on Anthony Miller. Mooney just looks good out there for a rookie. I agree with Dennis's statement, though. They're definitely being handicapped by Foles. Uh, but this is definitely the defense to capitalize against. We've seen the Titans can be beat in the passing game. A lot of those guys uh, just seem to not be able to keep up with the wide receivers. And Darnell Mooney, I think, is definitely the fastest player out of those three. I kind of think he's going to have a big game. Not, I shouldn't say a game, a big play at least. I think he scores a long touchdown this week. On the Titans side, Tannehill coming in at 12, Henry 4, A.J. Brown 12, Corey Davis 35, and John New Smith 6. Matt and myself talked about this on Monday's pod. Corey Davis has had at least 11 points in each of the games he has played. So why are we all so low on him coming in with a consensus rating? And I, I will say, I just went and looked, and um, you're 32. Dennis is 24. I was 29. Ricky didn't rank him. That's why he dropped so far. Ah. God damn it, Ricky. <laughs> yeah, Ricky. <laughs> so- I mean, for me, it's the Bears' defense. I, I still think he's going to put up points. I mean, I hate to say it because I've never been a Corey Davis believer. I think he's going to get you probably 11 points since he's been doing it all season long. But this Bears' defense is very good, and that's kind of the thing that I think limits his upside here because A.J. Brown just does not seem to be able to be covered by anybody when he's out there. I can't quit John New Smith, and I feel like that's probably the best matchup against the Bears as well as in that tight end spot. So for me, I think it's more of an A.J. Brown, John New Smith-Henry game, which is going to drop Davis down. But, of course, Davis is going to get you, like, three catches for 40 yards and a touchdown in there and just magically move over that 11-point mark and make your day if you end up starting him. So that's kind of why I ranked him low. I will admit, because of what he's looked like, and we talked about on Monday, when he's not playing a defense like the Bears, he will actually be higher in my ranks. I do feel like it's just we've seen Corey Davis be enigmatic for so long. If you think the comparison to De- Devontae Parker is probably apt, because Parker had to do it for like 10 weeks before we finally begrudgingly admitted he was having a decent season. Yeah. It just – Davis has dropped himself so low. I'm in a 16-team league where you start one running back – three receivers and a flex. So receivers are even more valuable and hard to come by. And uh, somebody inquired about Corey Davis. The guy said, I'd want a, a low end first for him because it was a team that's close to first place. And they're like, oh, he's nowhere near worth that much. But then you're looking at him and he that it was him that was like, hey, he's, he's scored at least 11 points every time he's played. And I went and looked and I'm like, he's you know, been 15, 18. He's had a couple games over 20 it feels too like it's been a quiet production and it's a guy that we just have been burned by so many times. It feels like it's hard to trust. Dennis, you got anything to add? Nah. No. All right. Uh, Oh, that was the last part of that team. My bad. Uh, I am picking. I am going to take the bears. Who are you guys taking? Tennessee for me. Taking Corey Davis's. All right. Three and four Lions at the two and five Vikings. For the Lions here, Swift coming in at 15, Marvin Jones 23, and TJ Hawkinson four. Uh, Kenny Galladay was ruled out today. Uh, from everything I'm seeing, it's going to be likely to at least two weeks for Galladay. We talked about this a little bit on Monday. The fact they keep bringing wide receivers in makes me think this might be more serious for Galladay. But 
as of right now, no Matt Stafford. Uh, from everything I've seen, he's tested negative so far, but if he gets that one more positive test, he's out. So there is a slim chance that he'll be able to play something we're going to have to watch. We literally will not be able to know until Sunday because he has to test negative. I haven't seen if he tested negative today, but he has to test negative today, tomorrow, and Sunday to be able to play. Will this team lean on Swift finally with Stafford being out, or is this the 30-carry, 30 30-yard 30 Adrian Peterson game? Well, I think it comes down to how well Minnesota can cover Marvin Jones and TJ Hawkinson. Hey, uh, don't forget about Ma- Marvin Hall. No, I'm not. Marvin Hall <laughs> popped off last weekend. Hell, Danny Ambulance Dola may I even get I was about to ask if, if, you, if you think he might do something. But I, it, it's gonna. It's a weird game because if Stafford is playing, he's probably somewhere around my quarterback twelve. But Chase Daniel right now is like my quarterback twenty five uh, out of twenty six. So I, I, you know, Daniel is a, a he, you know, he's a serviceable backup veteran that is gonna make the right moves mentally, but physically just doesn't quite have the same kind of tools. So everybody takes a big drop if Daniel is in there, uh, except maybe Peterson and, you know, what, didn't carry on Johnson come to life last week too? I mean, he got a touchdown, yeah. I don't know about it. I think he got like three carries for a yard and a touchdown. So, I mean, if Detroit's smart though, They'll lean on Swift, who has been explosive and who's looked good. But well, that's the damning statement right there. If they're smart, I don't they, they've shown us they aren't, I think is the fair way to put it. And yet we all ranked Swift up there thinking that they are going to rely. You know, I'm not even gonna lie. I did is hopefully a little bit of a good juju in my direction because I need him and I need him to be that good. But I, I just I don't know what to think. I mean, we've seen you know, we obviously talk about it on the recap shows. We've talked about it the, the Friday after he had the good game. He's been trending forward. He even got a bunch of snaps in that game last week. He just, for whatever reason, when it came down to it, it was Peterson and Carrion that got the production. So I just, I just need Matt Patricia to be fired. I need Frank Wright to be fired. It would make me such a better well, – it make me look smart as a smarter fantasy analyst, I guess I should put for fantasy, we maybe uh, begrudge the Colts, but they've actually been good there in first place in their division. So the chances yeah. of him being fired uh, feel again. I've started that petition. There's only been one signature so far, but I'm petitioning to get Frank Reich fired. Free Jonathan Taylor, baby. Um, on the Minnesota side here, Dalvin Cook at two, Adam Thielen at eight, and Justin Jefferson coming in at 15. Do you guys think that Cook will carry the load here again against the Lions? Well, before we move in, move into that yeah. uh, i think freeing jonathan taylor all it requires is him to hit the goddamn hole well maybe he also needs to get the carry jordan wilkins sucks, i, I feel guys. like Come that on. was a line that we should clip and tag michael scott's that's what she said right afterward <laughs> <laughs> i mean he he's he's missed he, he's like he has sweet Trent richardson tendencies oh so don't far. compare him to trent richardson it's not compared he's a rookie he's a rookie yeah. don't, don't put that on him don't don't you put that on jonathan taylor so anyways the question will cook carry the load against the lions yes yes he will no. dude is a monster yeah he looked incredible last week i don't know why they'd move away from that especially when kirk cousins was their quarterback and they have no line 
All right, so then let me ask you guys this, because we all have Cook Kylie, obviously, with him coming in at two. We saw last week that, that because of that, that really hurt Thielen and Jefferson. So why are we all so high on Thielen and Jefferson as well? Detroit doesn't have a great secondary either. Yeah. True. It, no Jair Alexander this week. I, I see it as being a fairly balanced attack for um, Minnesota. So – Cook is going to get his carries. He's explosive, uh, so he'll rack up some points. Uh, Thielen and Jefferson, both very, very, very good. Um, they they sometimes can be hampered by Kirk Cousins, and he can limit them to only one having a productive game. But I think given Detroit's defense, I, I feel like uh, I have to look at my quarterback rankings, but as I talk through this, I'm probably low on Cousins. Yeah. I don't remember where I have Cousins at. I actually think I ranked him pretty high this week. Um, I got him at 17. I guess that's not too terrible. See Probably here. wouldn't have him up. Really uh, consensus, we had him at 15. You had him at 14. I had 14. Uh, Dennis yeah. had him at 18. Not much higher. I had him at 15. Oh. So we were all in the same range. QB2. Uh, yeah, I mean, I expect both of them to have a good game. I guess, I, yeah, Dalton Cook's going to eat I don't care. I'm not playing him this week now, so I guess it doesn't matter. I played against him last week, and the motherfucker had to have a great game. Um, I am taking the Detroit Lions to win this game. No, who are you guys picking? I'm taking Minnesota. I am taking the Lions. Five and two Colts versus the five and two Ravens. We've got Lamar Jackson coming in at eight. Dobbins, 16. Edwards, 30. Marquise Hollywood Brown, 29. And Mark Andrews, three. Dobbins and Edwards produced big last week. Does that continue here against Indianapolis? I, I don't think, you know, Indianapolis has a pretty good defense. And uh, it'll come down to big plays. Uh, who can make an explosive play out of that backfield? If I had to put my money on Dobbins or Edwards making an explosive play, uh, I'm going to go with Dobbins. And Dobbins will likely get the majority of the passing game work out of the backfield as well. So I I, I would temper my expectations on Edwards, uh, but I like Dobbins. Uh, I think he'll have a, a decent game. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, they played a tough – Defense last week, too, with Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's got a pretty good front, and both guys were still able to thrive. Dobbins went over 100 yards. I'm with Dennis that I would bet more on Dobbins than Edwards as well, but I think that Baltimore's offense has not been very good as a passing offense this year for whatever reason. We've seen Lamar have a little less of a connection with yeah, me. there you go. Excuse me. Yeah, you got, you got that sucks caught in your throat. I hope it came I out. I did all the time. Um, yeah, especially when Lamar Jackson's of the the subject. I just think they've been better when they've been able to run. And clearly, once you removed Mark Ingram from the equation, they have actually looked like they're. You know, we worried for a while at the beginning of the season that their rush offense wasn't very good either. When Ingram came out of the equation, nothing against him. It just maybe he wasn't fitting what they were doing as well as these other two guys. Cause as soon as he's come out, we've seen closer to the kind of rush production that we saw last year, not quite at that level, but uh, you know, and Dobbins looks like he's getting more and more involved. Your theory about him picking up more after the bye week seems to be holding through. He looked really explosive last week. And I think that they're going to need that to win against another solid team. 
Yeah, so I have Dobbins up at 15 this week. I, I do think that they're going to rely on him. Um, the only thing that scares me is is maybe the the squeaky wheel gets the oil. How, what is, how's that saying go? I forgot. Squeaky wheel correct? gets the grease. Grease, whatever. Oil grease, same difference. Uh, with Marquise uh, Hollywood Brown coming out talking about how he's a soldier, not a soldier, a soldier, and uh, he needs the ball more, and them talking about forcing the ball to him more. I wonder if they will try passing the ball a little bit more. Uh, but Dobbins has looked great uh, last week. I thought he's looked really actually great all season long. Now getting the carry, I think he can do uh, some work here against the Colts. So I believe in Dobbins having a good game this week. On Indianapolis to the side, we've got Taylor at 20 and Trey Burton at 19. I'll just ask you two because my answer is a fat no. Do we trust Taylor or Frank Wright to get the – Get uh, get them back on track this week. When I say them, I mean Jonathan Taylor. Well, how's Taylor's injury status? He's been a little bit. They've up said he's says. fully said he's good to go. They so because we talked about that on Monday. They said that he supposedly had the ankle injury Sunday, which led to the Wilkins and all that stuff. I think it was Wednesday. Uh, reports came out that he's good to go. He's back to being fully healthy. So take that yeah. for what you will. So we're what going into week nine. So it'll be the eighth game, um, and he's being outproduced by Hines and Wilkins. They want him to be the guy, but he's going to have to produce uh, on a more consistent basis. So while I I believe he's the clearly the best of the three backs, he's got to start doing something. It isn't like the Indianapolis offensive line ranks in the you know bottom five offensive lines. They've got a pretty good offensive line. Phillip Rivers is what Phillip Rivers is. Um, but Taylor has to has to produce and until he can produce, they're going to be more tempted to, oh, we're going to give you a blow. Well, let's put Wilkins in for a series or well, come on out, we'll put Hines in on third down, whatnot, change of pace kind of stuff. So it all comes down to uh Taylor. The truck I don't think the play calls change for Reich, whether Taylor or, you know, Wilkins and uh, and Hines, they do have a little bit of a more specialty role. But the the intent of the play calling doesn't necessarily change uh, with the running backs in Indianapolis. It comes down to whether or not Taylor can start to produce more consistently. Yeah, I think Dennis really covered it. It's I like Taylor's talent. I don't know if I trust the situation. Sadly, I have to play him in a couple of spots. Yeah, I mean, I have to, too, and I don't trust him. And it, it sucks to say that because I was probably the biggest Taylor supporter out of the three of us, and it's just it's not look good. And, I mean, some of the stuff Dennis mentioned earlier was right. And, you know, as we've talked about many times with Nick Whalen, who's been on the podcast, has posted mess or threads about it. He's not looked as good running the ball as he did at Wisconsin. I don't know if that's a rookie thing not co- not getting that co- cohesiveness with the offensive line. I don't know what it is. I, it did worry me, as I mentioned, I think on Monday or Tuesday's pod, that Jordan Wilkins was able to look as good as he did, and Taylor hasn't. Uh, but I think with where you drafted him, you likely have to keep playing him. There's probably not much better than him. But as we talked about, you just unfortunately at this point have to lower your expectations. Well, I'm starting DJ over him in the back row invitational. Well, there you go. There you go. 
I might do the same thing, but in the league <laughs> I have it, Matt was looking for. <laughs> it's, it's well, no, unfortunately, in the league that I have him, where I have to start him, I think it's either my options are him or the now ruled out Matt Breida or Michael P. Ryan or 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 a best friend. Damian Harris, baby. So I was probably just going to roll with Taylor and hope for the best at this point. As would I. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody picking the Colts here? I'm taking the Ravens. I am not. I'm taking the Colts or the Ravens too. I have the Ravens no, as well. Said, he said Colts. Mark it down. Colts no. for Fox. Colts for Fox. <laughs> no. The three of Again, five Panthers. I'm not putting my fantasy future on Phillip Rivers, and I extend that to pigs can pick him. Yeah. Uh, Pan- three and five Panthers versus seven and one Chiefs. Uh, Bridgewater coming in at seventeen. CMC three. Robbie Anderson seventeen. And DJ Moore twenty. CMC is tracking to be back. What do we expect from him in his first game? You know, I go two ways. There's part of me that says, "Man, no, it's, it's that's freaking- not." You probably shouldn't have left <laughs> that pause the in there. You probably should have left that pause in there. They're like. I go two ways. You know, hey, 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 no, no judgment here. This is a judgment-free zone. Well, it doesn't feel very judgment-free. <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. I apologize. Uh, Continue. Um, you know, you know, there's two schools of thought. How about that? CMC <laughs> is a bona fide stud, and he could come in and they, they be rightfully restored to his 95% role. On the other hand, Mike Davis has performed really, 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 really well. Like he absorbed that role, took it, and delivered the goods. So I'm not expecting a 50 50 split, but I could see a 75 25 70 30 versus the old 95 5 kind of split. Um, I think with a high ankle sprain coming back, you know, they've given him lots of time and they've been afforded the luxury of. Uh, not having the pressure to win and having somebody step into that role that has performed really, really well. So if I, I'm not sitting him for, you know, virtually anybody, there's probably only three or four guys that I, if I had to play only one running back that I, I might start over him, maybe not even that many. Tomorrow and cook. That's about yeah. it. Pretty close. Uh, but I think that to be surprised, uh, I actually have Connor and Robinson over him too. Um, just because I think I'm leaning more towards they're going to give him a pretty good workload, but they're not just going to stuff Mike uh, uh, Davis in a box. And they're they're going to reward him a little bit as well. Yeah, I think we've seen the the Chiefs defense isn't bad, but people have been able to run on them, and that was before Chris Jones got removed from the equation because of COVID. So uh, I I would expect uh, if you're thinking you're going to get peak CMC from last year when he was at a whole other level, you'll probably be disappointed. But if you're thinking you're going to get RB1 production, I would expect that that's where we're going to be. Yeah, yeah, I think he's going to be an RB1. I'll be interested to see how much more Mike Davis uh, plays into this because I I do think while he was great early, he's kind of seemed to struggle here the past couple games. So I wonder if if CMC comes Uh on and does look like the guy that uh, he was before because it does seem like they've waited for him to be fully healthy before he came back, too. Uh, There was talk that he could have been back Yeah, because they said four to six weeks and he missed seven. 
Yeah, I, I feel like they were waiting for him to be fully healthy. So I'm wondering if maybe we don't see my like. I guess if if you guys had to cap how comfortable you'd feel if you had say you don't own CMC and you've got Mike Davis and you need a flex spot and we're we're dropping down into that. Let's go, Damian Harris. Um, well, Matt Brady is out, so in that range, probably I think we all had Harris right around the thirty range, right? So. In that range, how comfortable would you feel playing Mike Davis over some of those guys like Harris, who does have, for the most part, we believe, a starting role this week? I I would probably – I'm starting Harris over Davis because of the expected volume. Yeah, I would be too. I'm not really – I don't think I was that high. I'm not trying to see where we had. So, Mike I, Davis, you had him 46. Dennis had him 36. I had him 51. Okay, so we were we were all fairly low on him. So what? Uh, well, I would guess it'd be the same thing for like it. What about a Gus Edwards, a Le'Veon Bell? Those are both guys that are kind of in that same role, right? So I'd take Bell over him. Um, Edwards is kind of a toss-up for me. Yeah, I I actually have uh, Davis five spots ahead of Edwards, but I have Bell up at twenty-two. I I expect Ooh. Bell to be productive. Yeah, Carolina's not very good against the run. I feel like I've got Bell very low um, compared to probably you guys. Uh, for for KC here, Mahomes at two, CEH thirteen, Kelsey at one, and Tyreek Hill at five. Oh, man, the Panthers are um, another very friendly matchup here uh, against the run, but they've been fairly giving in the past as well as we saw Julio Jones torch them last Thursday night. Um, what are you expecting to see from the CEH and Bell combo here? Um. RB1 and RB and RB1 and an RB2 is how I have them ranked. Yeah, I think that's certainly possible. We saw a couple of weeks ago that the Chiefs would be happy to run all over people if they could um, and, you know, take it easy on some of these games where they should win fairly handily. And I think we could see that again. I'm going up against Kyrie killing a must-win matchup. I'd love if this was one of those like three-point games right now. I well, no, I, I, I I feel like so I I have Ceh at nine and Bell at twenty-two. Yeah. So I I feel like they're going to both be very productive in this game. Um, I, if if Kansas uh, Kansas City if uh, Carolina doesn't hit some big plays with Robbie Anderson or DJ Moore, um, or, or Christian McCaffrey, I, I think they, you know, they're just, they're clearly not as good a team. And so if they can't produce points with their offense and Kansas city can grind out first downs with Edwards, Alaire and bell, uh, I, I think that it could be a surprisingly low scoring game. Um, so kind of like the Jets game for the most part last week. Like it wasn't up until what they they kind of pulled away toward the end of that third quarter, fourth quarter. It was a like was it I think seven twenty one or something like that to nine for a lot of that game. Like it was it was a close game for a while. Yeah, yeah, and it was a fa- it was a rush. We thought it was going to be a rush friendly matchup matchup last week, and Mahomes threw for three hundred yards and five touchdowns. So anything could happen. I just feel like. This is the Carolina offense that made us think that Josh Jacobs was going to be RB1 for the season. So, very true. Uh, I am picking KC. I imagine both of you are as well. Yes, correct. 
All right, Giants, the one and seven Giants versus the two and five Washington football team. Darius Slayton at 32, Shepard at 33, Ingram at 11. Uh, it has looked like the Giants offense has been finding its groove the past couple weeks. Do you guys agree with that? I don't know. I mean, you're getting some spotty points out of them. Uh, the running game is still struggling a little bit. Uh, it's inconsistent. Um Devonta Freeman clearly is not the answer. Um, <laughs> it depends on the question. Are you well, he's trying not playing, to lose? So, yeah. Um, Did he get ruled out again? Yeah, yeah, he's out because of the ankle. So I, if I wish their line could get it together a little bit, I wouldn't mind seeing what Gallman could do with the offense running. Uh, I well. think we're going to see it. This well, weekend, we're going to see what Gallman can do. I just don't know how well that offense is going to be. Um, uh, Washington you know, actually has a pretty decent front, too. So yeah. It's not the yeah. cake matchup. I, I think they're a little susceptible to the run. Uh, they have a super strong pass rush. Um, but I don't know. You know, Shepard and Slayton both have developed a really nice chemistry with Jones. As long as – Jones Jones has surprisingly poor pocket awareness, maybe not surprisingly, but the dude gets hit a lot and cause, fumbles the ball, uh, makes bad throws because of the pressure. Um, it's uh, you know invested in him in a couple spots this offseason that I, I, I kind of regret. Um, and with uh, Golden Tate being out, you know it's uh, it, that it could go either way. You know, I don't know. I'm. Just, I think I'm just jaded against Garrett. <laughs> Did they rule Golden Tate out because of discipline? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I they saw he mentioned was, he was playing uh, Mc, uh, McLaren as the, on the scout team today. Yeah, they were saying something about they're going to assess his role on the team moving forward or something like that. Yeah, well, I'm. I'm avoiding all Giants if possible. I mean, it's just yeah. Because you know who else that, would like but... to see the Giants offensive line come together and step up? Joe Judge, Jason Garrett, Daniel <laughs> Jones. Yeah. Probably any fan left in the Meadowlands. Uh, on the Washington football team here, we've got Gibson at 12 and McLaurin at 13. Uh, not me, really not much to talk about here fantasy-wise. We both trust those guys. So I guess the real question comes down to, do you guys think Washington can win this game and climb back into the race into the horrible nfc east yes looking at the show sheet i'm going to say yes we do so the giants had their one win against washington but it wasn't because they played very well it was because kind of that uh terrible late turnover if kyle allen's not great but he's looked a little bit better the last few weeks i think they'll get yeah. their win Speaking of a team that got their first win against one they're playing this week, the Fumble for Fields Bowl here. One and six Texans versus the one and six Jaguars. Watson coming in at five. You like that? Just came up with that right off the top of my head. Uh, Duke Johnson. I'm not sorry. Duke Johnson. David Johnson at 11. Will Fuller at 14. And Brandon Cooks, 30. Uh, he, as I mentioned, Houston's only win came against the Jags. Are we expecting a good day here from the Houston offense again in their possible second win? Luton, baby. Jake Luton. Ah, man, I might actually pick the Jags. I hear a lot of good things about Luton, unfortunately. Or not unfortunately, I'm sorry. Who should I start at my RB2? Zeke, Gibson, Justin Jackson, or CEH? Still Zeke for me. Yeah, yeah, it hurts me to say that, but still Zeke. 
I think I actually, uh, I actually have uh, CEH uh, over Zeke. I have Zeke at 13 this week. I have Zeke at 13 too, but I have CEH at 15 or yeah. 14, one of those two. So I'd go Zeke. Fox there would go Zeke. Dennis would go CEH. You know, I don't know if, it, you know, the fumble for Fields Bowl, it's all one-sided. I, I, I see, I, I got to be honest, I don't see a scenario, uh, a realistic scenario where Houston is drafting Justin Fields. No. Oh, yeah, maybe they, they can't. I forgot, about that. I forgot <laughs> well, they I mean, don't they, have like any pick for the sixth round or something like that because of Bill O'Brien. No, I completely I mean, forgot about that. They, the, the, the scenario probably would, wouldn't take him either. The scenario no, yeah, would yeah. be a – trade of Desha- uh, Deshaun Watson and I-, I can't imagine they're trading Deshaun Watson. Um, well, Hey, I don't know. Miami might be doing that. Do you hear the reason they supposedly said they put two out on the field was to evaluate him. Like, what do you mean evaluate him? You took him as a fifth player overall in the draft. You mean evaluate him. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And I like Brian Flores. Um, All right. Jay- no, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I doubt the Texans are going to take this softly after Watt and Watson came out this week and both said they have no intention of being part of a rebuild and they're playing to win. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame either one of them, but <laughs> guys, you're rebuilding. You don't have the roster to compete. On Jacksonville's side, James Robinson at six, DJ Chark at 22. Uh, Chark has been a guy, I mean, Dennis, me and you were both high on him coming into the year. Do you think that uh, Luton or Luton or Lutton, however you say it, do you think uh, he can kind of revive DJ Chark's fantasy value here in the second half? Uh, is he going to play the second half, or is he just playing this week? Um, <laughs> I I would think Minshew's done. I mean, we heard the talk a couple weeks ago they were thinking about benching him. I, I think this was – But when you find out he's been injured for three weeks, do they cut him a little bit of slack? I don't think his play – would. it wasn't great, but it wasn't horrific. And to find out he broke his hand on October 11th, and they didn't figure it out, and they left him out there for a couple of weeks saying, hey, you don't have a lot of pop on your ball. Well, gee, I wonder why. He broke his friggin' thumb. Eh, I don't know. I they're, don't know. A, they're a mess all together. I feel like some of that's on Minshew. You need to go, hey, my fucking thumb hurts. Yeah. Uh, maybe we should have a look at it. Yeah, when you squeeze it right there, it feels like you're breaking it off. Can we get an x-ray? Yeah, um, I think uh, in a word for me, can Luton save this team? No. No. I mean, we've seen other six-round draft picks come in and be career saviors for teams, you know, win six Super Bowls. So is it out of the realm of possibility that Jake Luton is the next Tom Brady? He doesn't even play the snap. <laughs> there's a non-zero chance, It's it's, but it's pretty freaking close to zero, I'll tell you. Um, just but, so you know, that's that's going to be the clip part that goes all over YouTube, right? Or all over the place, right there. Continue. We've seen six rounders coming <laughs> with this Utah just asked if they can start Mike Glennon. <laughs> um, you know, it depends on what kind of chemistry he has getting the ball downfield. He's got a good arm. He, he throws the ball well. Uh, if he makes good decisions, gets the ball downfield. To, I mean, because they have more than Chark. I mean, they've got yeah. – uh, Cole and Conley, who've been playing well, LaVisca Chenault, Chenault yeah. you know, they're, they have some skill talent. So if he can stay upright now, granted, he doesn't have to stay upright as long as others. Cause he's like 19 feet tall. So he can throw a lot more on the way down, 
But if he gets the ball downfield, he's accurate. He doesn't make turnovers, makes good decisions. Um, yeah, the potential is there. Anybody picking him and the Jaguars to win this weekend? No. Maybe his parents. <laughs> I think I'm going to do it. Are you? Why not? I, I've got no, the lead, and I've got the lead no. safely in there, so why not take some risk? I was going to say, that's the kind of move you make when you're way behind in pigskin pick. If you're leading, that's the kind of move I've got like a seven-game lead right now. We can mix it up a little bit. Uh, Raiders, Chargers. Four and two Raiders versus two and five Chargers. On the Raiders side here, Carr at 15, Jacobs at nine, Waller at two. Which wide receiver do you figure to step up with uh, the word that Brian Edward is? Brian Edward is also going to be back this week. Well, I, I think the the wide receiver, you're you know, you're always looking at rugs. And you know, Renfro does what Renfro does and, and Nelson Aguilar. So I, I right now I'm not I, I love that Edwards is back, but I feel like he needs to start to build up uh the reps with Derek Carr to start to get back to that uh I think position I felt he would have before he got injured. Um Henry Ruggs is the the receiver I want to start from uh, Las Vegas. Uh, Hunter Renfro is the receiver I often am enforced to start from the Las Vegas Raiders. And uh, uh, fortunately, uh, I logged into the Dynasty Nerds Dynasty GM tool and, and uh, verified that I indeed do not roster any shares of Nelson Aguilar. So... I will preface this by saying I hope I don't have to start any Raider receiver this week, but if I did, the one I'm picking for wide receiver roulette for week nine is Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. He's just been, as weird as it is to say, probably the most consistent. So he's the one that I am going with. Uh, Jen, I saw your question. We'll get to it in just one second here. Chargers side, Herbert at six, Justin Jackson at 17, Keenan Allen at seven, Mike Williams at 24, and Hunter Henry at eight. Has Justin Jackson taken over the lead in this backfield? If so, what does that do for Kelly? I think Tremaine Pope took over the lead in that backfield. He's doubtful. Pope he's is? Doubtful. Yeah, he's yeah. doubtful. Good. Jesus best, huh? Christ. I, couldn't, I can't tell you how mad I was watching him carry the ball instead of <laughs> Joshua Kelly. Um, no, I think Jackson has uh, secured that he's the guy um, to get the majority of the snaps there. He's going to probably play 55 60%. I can see the touches, the carries being even um, with him and Kelly, but he seems to have more pop and more explosiveness, and he's getting the passing game. So uh, I'm, uh, I, I like Jackson there. I'm like if you're if you're asking if that was a good trade, I mean, I guess so. I, I I'm assuming this like is redraft. A little bit of an overpay. Yeah, I mean, Josh Allen hasn't been good the past couple weeks, but I think at the end of the day, he'll still be close to Kyler Murray. I mean. I'm not that big on Cooper Cup, so I'm kind of cool getting rid of him with the receivers that you already have and and D-Hop, Metcalf, and Claypool. Uh, I'd like to have kept Hunt just in case because we've already seen this year CMC and Chubb can be hurt. But, I mean, if it's a redraft league, I think you'll be fine. I mean, Kyler Murray's going to continue to put up points, so you're, I, you'll be good with that team. I think if he's middle of the pack, he could str- he could struggle because Allen hasn't been good and Chubb is not Well, he back. just traded Allen. 
So he's got oh, Kyler he's Murray now. Poor Kyler. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from a redraft perspective, my concern would be Claypool is inconsistent and yeah. uh, Nick Chubb is still on the injured reserve. He also has David Johnson. So that does help a little okay. bit in case, in case Chubb it is not. I still expect him to be back week 10, but if not, you, you do have David Johnson. So that's uh, RB, RB21, David Johnson. <laughs> uh, anything to add on the Chargers there, Matt? No, I mean, I think Jackson has, you know, we saw, we saw before last week that uh, their coach issued kind of a challenge with the running backs needed to step up and play better. Justin Jackson did. Joshua Kelly didn't. And I think the get disparity between them is growing. Uh, I'm taking my Los Angeles Chargers and Justin Herbert to win this one. How about you guys? Taking the Raiders. Yeah, Raiders. I think I well. Raiders, but all right, I said it. It's it's out there now, so I'm gonna have to roll with the Chargers. Uh, Noah, I see your question. We will get to it in just a second. Steelers seven and over to two and six. Cowboys. Big Ben coming in at ten. Connor five. Deontay Johnson eighteen. Juju twenty one. Claypool twenty six. Ebron fourteen. I did mention this on the podcast, I believe Tuesday with Fox. The Cowboys' pass defense has actually been better than people think the past couple of weeks. They've only allowed about 146 yards against uh, passing teams. It's been get running all over, been run all over, but not necessarily passed on. Are you expecting a big day for Big Ben and these receivers this week? Um, I, I you know, I like. I, I don't think I am. I feel like it's going to be a James Conner game. Uh, I think I have Conner at RB four. Um. Or RB three actually is where I have Connor. I, he would have been four. I had Jones at one. Uh, I think I had Jones above him there. Um, I updated my rankings before we started the show, so that's why whenever Matt says what my rankings are, they're different from what I just said they are. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I was going off the consensus sheet. Yeah, yeah. I well, I've just updated the back end. They haven't been uploaded yet at, to take out the Thursday games. Um, but I no, I think Connor's going to have a big game. I uh, I think that they'll he'll be able to run on that defense. Um, the wide receivers and Ben, they do what they do. They it's not like they're going to rush the ball forty five times and throw it six like Kirk Cousins is the quarterback. Uh, ben will still have you know twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine pass attempts. Um, they'll make some big plays. It's a gamble. Who's going to get the big play? Is it Deontay Johnson? Is it Chase Claypool? Is it Juju? Is it Ebron? So there's definitely some volatility in the uh, touchdown scoring for Pittsburgh. Um, so you you start them hoping there's a decent floor and that you pick the right uh, one to boom. Yeah, I mean, I think they could have a good game, but I thought you brought up a good point that if Dallas – is not really scoring much of anything. It's not like Pittsburgh will have to leave their foot on the gas. You know, if they score 28 points in the first half, they might just cruise with Connor or, you know, it could be worse. You know, if you're up huge, maybe you put Benny Snell out there because you don't want to risk as a potentially coming up 8-0 team, any of your good players getting hurt. Yeah, that, that's kind of my biggest fear with that as well. I, I expect Deontay and Juju to be the guys this week. And maybe I just expect Deontay to do it because I, I have such love for him. Uh, Dallas side here, Zeke at 8, Cooper at 19, Lamb at 28. Um, I mean, uh, 
I think you've got to play Zeke and probably Cooper. I, I don't even know. I honestly think you can probably find better options than Lamb, depending on where you drafted him this weekend. Well, of I, as I talk about, be so bad. I mean, yeah. it's either Cooper Rush or uh, Gilbert, who wasn't incredible in the AAF. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. If I can, I'm avoiding all all Cowboys. I think you, with where you draft a Zeke, you have to play him and hope for the best. This is a tough matchup, and and yeah, Cooper Rush is not going to help him any. Uh, anybody picking the Cowboys? Nope. Yeah. Uh, for that question, the yeah, I'm about to get to it. Okay. So James Robinson, DeAndre Swift, Antonio Gibson, Damian Harris, Keenan Allen, Hopkins, Jefferson, Claypool, Moore, Antonio Brown, pick two wide receivers, two running backs, and two flex spots. Uh, anybody? What, got what do we win? What do we win if if uh, what do we get if he wins? If we're gonna a, pick a his big, lineup, what do we get? A big fat thank you. That's what we're uh, I, I'm starting Robinson, Gibson, Allen, Hopkins, Moore. And that leaves one, and it comes down to uh, probably Damian. I I think I'd probably, at my last flex spot, go Claypool over Damian Harris for the upside. I was with you until the last flex. I would take DeAndre Swift as my last flex. Yeah, that, I think I'd go Swift. I don't know. It was For me, it's very close between <clears throat> Swift, Harris, and Claypool. Um, Claypool. Claypool has the most variability, I think. Swift, it should be Swift, but his head coach is Matt Patricia. Yeah. Yeah. So that, so, that kind of makes me – I'm more comfortable with what I expect Harris's volume to be. So that's kind of why well, I that's went That's the Harris. problem, though. Harris's head coach is Bill Belichick. It doesn't help any. It really doesn't. I, I'm with you. I, oh God, I love Damian Harris, too. I think – those are definitely the last two for me. I, I would go Swift, though. I, I do. And, and he said you'll get a chocolate or a beer, I guess, whichever you prefer. Chocolate it is. <laughs> uh, so I will uh, – but I agree. Yeah, I think Swift is the last one for me. So I'm sorry. Just in case you didn't catch that, Noah. So we are going James Robinson, Antonio Gibson, Keenan Allen, Hopkins, Justin Jefferson, DJ Moore, uh, and DJ Moore yeah. and Swift into your – what now? Is that wrong? Allen, it was two receivers, Allen and Hopkins. Allen and Hopkins. Running backs, Robinson and Gibson, two flex. Right. Moore and Swift. Oh, Moore and Swift. We're not, nobody's playing Justin Jefferson? I think I'd go Jefferson over Moore. Yeah, I think I, I you know, as I revisit this, uh, I wouldn't go Jefferson over Moore, no. Jefferson over Swift? I, I might go Jefferson over Swift. So it really it comes down to on, starting man. one of Swift, Jefferson, Harris, because uh, I'm not starting Antonio Brown. Yeah, neither am I. <laughs> all right, so then DJ Moore and Jefferson. Although Swift, uh, I still want to play Swift. I don't know. I guess Jefferson. I guess Jefferson. All right. Uh, four and three Dolphins versus five and two Cardinals. Two at 21, Parker at 27, Gasecki at 12. What are we expecting from Tua in his first road game? Well, the bar is set fairly low. Very true. So... He's no uh, Justin Herbert. That's for damn sure. <laughs> I, I think uh, I think we'll see some improvement from him. I I feel like absolutely they, Noah. They they've shook off shook off he shook off the first game. I'm starting. Let me figure. You know what's my process. Uh, I definitely expect some uh, big time improvement from Tua. Um, I, I don't think I'm uh, probably. Uh, I didn't pick pick them to win. Uh, It'll come down to what can the running game make plays uh, with everybody but uh, Jordan Howard out. 
Yeah, I mean, I think he might be about the same as last week, maybe a touch better. I don't think it's going to be incredible. Again, it was great that they got the win last week, but it wasn't really because yeah. of the offense. And even though he's not facing Aaron Donald, we saw the Cardinals have a good ability to get pressure too. They were in Russell Wilson's face two weeks ago. I don't think that the Dolphins have a, a much better line than the Seahawks. Yeah, I mean, as good as the Dolphins' defense has looked here lately, I, I expect Arizona to be able to put up some points. So we're going to have to likely need to uh, uh, to do uh, do some work here to keep them in the game. Uh, on Arizona's side here, Murray coming in at three, Edmonds at seven, Hopkins at two. With Drake out this week, are we expecting Edmonds to have a big day against what we've seen the past couple weeks being a very good Miami defense? No. I, I think Edmonds is... I don't think Edmonds is head head and shoulders better than Drake. Uh, I think Edmonds is going to have some big games here and there. I think Edmonds uh, can do some things in the passing game. Uh, but I, I don't view Edmonds as having the type of skill set of, say, Aaron Jones. I think Edmonds, to me, is more of a Justin Jackson. Yeah, but I think by virtue of him not having to split with – Kenyon Drake, because if you think about it, those guys were kind of splitting and Edmonds was putting up some low-end flex numbers and Drake was also doing well. I don't think he's going to have as much of a split with Eno Benjamin. I think he will get into the low-end running back one range this week. See, that's what worries me about Edmonds is it seems like whenever he's not splitting the ball and we expect him to be good, he kind of underwhelms for you. And I I, I am a little bit worried about this Miami defense. Um, I think I have him as a as a high end RB two. That's where I'm keeping him. I'm not expecting the world out of him, but I expect him to at least produce this week. So yeah, I yeah I'm am, not saying he won't produce. I I think yeah. he'll. You know, we saw Justin Jackson deliver 19.2 points on my bench last week. So <laughs> yeah, uh, I am taking Arizona to win this game. How about you guys? As am yep. I. Yep. All right, that'll do it for Matt Fox. He's got to uh, he's got to go. So Matt, thank you. Good thank luck you to you this duties. weekend. Good luck to you this weekend, and I will talk to you again on Monday as we recap um, most of the week nine action. Yeah, you guys take it easy. So long, buddy. All right, so me and Dennis will finish out these last two games, the Sunday night and Monday night game, neither of which I – oh, no, I take that back. The Saints game will probably be pretty good. Uh, five and two Saints versus six and two Buccaneers. We got Breeze coming in at 14, Kamara at one, Thomas at 11, and Cook at nine. With Thomas tracking to return, what are you expecting out of him in this first game? Uh, I, I want to expect a typical Mike Thomas game. Uh, yeah. But we have seen, you know, the the Saints are five and two. Traquan Smith has stepped up. Quez Callaway has stepped up, um, and Alvin Kamara uh, has been has, the best receiver, almost one of the best receivers in the NFL right now. <laughs> yeah, play the position. So it's it's a. I expect Thomas will he'll have his you know twelve or thirteen targets so long as he's healthy, uh, maybe fourteen targets, whatever you know they. They feed the ball to him because he makes plays. Um, I have some concerns coming off that. He was a high ankle injury as well, I think. Yeah, ankle and then the hamstring, yeah. Yeah, so there's always those things that sometimes, depending on what they they may try to temper or limit the number, you know, cut him down from 90% of the snaps to 80% of the snaps or 75% uh, in his first game back just to make sure – 
Uh, they don't push it too hard. I, I think he'll be a wide receiver one, but uh, I, I won't be surprised if he goes 12 catches for 140 yards and two touchdowns, and I won't be surprised if he goes six catches for 65 yards. I guess the the real question to ask with Michael Thomas is over under on slants that he runs this week at eight. So do slant receptions score differently than other? No, I just mean because I don't care what what he runs. I don't care (laughs) what he runs. Catch the ball, gain some yards, score some touchdowns. I don't care. I'm right there with you. I mean, I traded for him in the uh, – oh, no, you're not in that one. But in uh, in one of Barker's other leagues, 16 league, right. I, league I traded away Chark for him, and then uh, the last, I've done nothing with him the past three weeks. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with him. Yeah. I, I'm hoping he has a, a good game here. I uh, traded on, for him in, in my uh, Dynasty Nerds trade calculator, Dynasty trade calculator, worst to first league I traded for him. So, I'm I'm wait, I, I'm I'm 2-5, and five and – uh, in my estimation, strongly in playoff contention. Um, yeah. But getting Mike Thomas back this week is going to definitely be helpful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. See, at least you're in contention. I think because of the way my team has played, I'm like three and five or something like that right now. So still have a shot to make the playoffs, but I, I need Michael uh, Thomas badly. That's where I am, three uh, and five, not two and five. Gotcha. Um, for Tampa Bay here, Brady at nine, Ronald Jones at 25, Leonard Fournette at 21, Evans at 16, AB at 34, Gronk at five. Now we got news, uh, after we did our ranks now that Chris Godwin is going to play that came out earlier today. So what are you expecting from AB now with Godwin coming back? And where do you think you'd factor Godwin into your rankings knowing he's going to play? Funny. You should ask. Um, <laughs> I, cause I, I didn't actually- rank him. And I get I not here. He ranked him at yeah. 17, I should say. So he did rank Godwin. I did not. I added Godwin in and I put Godwin up at 10. Okay. Um, I feel like he's going to slide back into, uh, he's going to do what he does. A- Antonio Brown is, he's going to be working on the uh, uh, Scotty Miller, Justin Watson snaps. That's where Antonio Brown snaps are coming from. Um, I think it's it's Evans and Godwin, and then once we see where uh, Antonio Brown fits in, if Antonio Brown fits in, then maybe there's you know then we're then we start wrestling with the three of them like we do with Pittsburgh. Um, <clears throat> uh, I'm not I'm not on the Antonio Brown. Yeah, train. neither am I. So. I mean, neither me and me and Matt were both talking about that. Uh, the news broke, I think, right as we were either doing the Monday or Tuesday podcast. I, I'm with you. I don't, especially now that Godwin's back. Like a lot of the talk was, "Oh, start AB this week because he's going to be in that slot role." I do think they find a way to get him the ball at least a little bit because it does seem like Brady wanted him to be on this team. But I'm I'm with you. I'm not big on AB. I think I'd probably have Godwin in at 13. Looking at my ranks right now, I'm trying to see who I had. Yeah, I mean, I've got him so probably right in there with McLaurin, Evans, and Brown right now. I, I, I'd probably swing him right in there. Um, yeah, I'm, I said it on that podcast with Matt. I do think AB could have a good game this week, and if he does, I would turn around and sell him as quickly as possible because I don't think he's going to have it's sustained value. I think he could have that one big game coming back, uh, but I don't think that he continues to have value moving forward. Uh, who are you picking to win this game? 
Uh, I am going New Orleans, as did Matt Fox. As am I. Last game of week nine, Monday night football game, the 2-5 and five Patriots versus the 0-8 Jets. For the Patriots, we've got Newton at 18 and Harris at 23. This could be an ugly game. Can the Patriots get back on track? Um, I think versus the Jets, uh, yeah. Uh, the Jets aren't uh, terrific. And, uh, it's the polite way to put it. <laughs> you know, but New England's not either. So it, it's it's definitely a winnable game for the Jets. Um, it You know, if... Darnold and Mims hook up a little bit. If uh, uh, LaMichael P. Ryan and Frank Gore produce a little bit on the ground, uh, it's definitely a winnable game, especially, you know, with uh, New England's trouble at wide receiver. To me, this feels like a 15-carry Cam Newton game. Yeah. And and I think the the – the Patriots can put some pressure on Darnold. Uh, you know, Darnold shows flashes, but we'll have to, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, Darnold could end up being one of those uh, here and gone enigmas after having to spend so much time with Adam Gase. We, you know, we, we may be sitting around in five years going, you know, this dude had a ton of talent. I wonder what would have happened if he actually had a coach. Yeah. Uh... I mean, I I want to believe in Harris so much. I really do. I mean, I traded for him earlier in the year. He's had a bunch of good runs. He looked like the best the best back last week. I just I just don't know if I can trust Bill Belichick. Like I I told right. Matt, I think on Monday's pod is one of those things where because I, I, I had him in my lineup, but I think I just pulled him out for who did we just talk about? I pulled him out for who someone we were just talking about earlier. I feel like it's one of those things where you're going to be sitting there and you, all you need is that touchdown to win the last drive. They're driving down the field to score, and then they pull him out. Here comes James White, and he gets that rushing touchdown. I, I want to believe in Harris. I, I, they drafted him in the third round. I think they think he's a good player, but we just they, they just seem to not want to commit to a running back. Now, all that being said, we all have him uh, fairly high. I mean, he's coming in at, what was it, 23? So we all have him at least consensus-wise, as an RB2. So you're playing him and and hoping for the best. The Jets have not been a great team, so you hope that they can get a little bit of run going with him. But as you mentioned, it worries me as well that you could get that 15-carry Cam Newton game that's going to eat into his workload as well. Uh, For the Jets, we really only ranked P. Ryan and Mims, uh, neither one very high, P. Ryan at 31 and Mims at 41. I mean, what would you cap their chances at winning this game? You know, they probably have a 20% chance, I think. Yeah. You know, it's it's tough with the, the passing game because we've seen Berrios produce. We've seen Crowder produce. Uh, I, I think Crowder might actually be back, and so we may have neglected him in our rankings. Mims is the explosive guy, uh, big downfield threat now. Mm-hmm. Um, not that Gase knows how to really use a, a, a weapon like that. Um so Bear, if uh, Crowder ends up being out again, Berrios could have one of those eight-catch, 50-yard games, which is going to be productive in PPR. And if Crowder's in there, Crowder could have the eight-catch. You know, he's probably going to get you 70 yards. Um, but it's it's a situation where I don't – you just don't know what to expect from that offense. It's 
Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's a certainly a lack of talent, but they've got a couple guys that just should be able to to make some plays, and, and it just feels like they're so handicapped by their coach. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and and you are right, uh, Jamison Crowder. I just I was looking it up as you were you said that because I hadn't seen anything on him. So, according to Rich Semini, he is trending toward playing on Monday night. So if he does, I, I will definitely fire Crowder up. He he's been phenomenal with Flacco and with with Darnold. So he'll mm-hmm. definitely move up into my rankings, probably as a low end too, because uh, he's produced uh, every single week. I'm with you. I, I, I would say the one thing with Mims is at least he's shown you in the past two weeks since he's been back that he can be a playmaker. It just sucks that for whatever reason, they can't seem to get him the ball because I think last week he started out with like four catches for 40 yards and then just nothing the rest right. of the game. So it, it sucks to see it. Or, yeah, it, it just sucks to see it. Uh, I am taking the Patriots to win. I assume you were doing the same. Uh, yep. And so did Matt Fox. All right, so that will do it for us today. We will be back on Monday, me and Matt, uh, to recap the Week 9 games. Uh, good luck to everybody in the fantasy matchups. I think this is kind of that pivotal week if you're sitting at the 3-5 and five range like you and me are in a couple leagues. If you win, if you lose this week, it's pretty much over at this point. I think yeah. you've got to win out. So a win this week is a, it's a lot better to be 4-5 and five than 3-6. and, then three and six. So good luck to everybody this week, and we will see you guys again on yep. Monday. Right on. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump at me. Golly. Oh, they tackle him at the 40-yard line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can.